0: Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time.
1: So, if you ask anyone here in Singapore about investing in a property, and they will tell you that prices only go in one direction up.
2: Up and up. Now, given the exorbitant costs and various cooling measures, it may be prohibitively expensive to invest in a Singapore property. Hopefully, with the cooling measures, prices will stabilize as we move forward. But as property prices in Singapore do continue to rise, even though the rise is slower, those in other markets are tapering off. And this may lead us to believe that investing in overseas properties is more lucrative. But is it?
1: That's what I'm doing. I can't afford property in Singapore, yep. so I might as well look elsewhere. So places like Australia has long been a popular location for Singaporeans to buy investment properties. For example, Perth and Melbourne uh, being particularly popular there. But given rising interest rates now and higher inflation and the impact of, well, uncertain political events around the world, is it still a good idea to invest in real estate down under?
2: We'll find out more now from Darian Bradshaw. He's executive director of One Global Australia and One Global Private Office. Thanks for joining us, Darian. Thanks for having
0: me again. It's a pleasure to be
2: here. So I was just looking at the headlines today that interest rate hikes have triggered the Australian housing market's biggest decline in 40 years. And fact is, the market is unlikely to have bottomed out. We're expecting further cash rate increases from 3.1 percent, likely to continue driving prices lower this year. So some might say, oh, that's good news for investors, right? You buy low and you sell high later. What's your take on this?
0: Well, it's all looking very gloomy for the start of the year, isn't it? What should we be doing? Look, I think, you know, everything sort of the days of free money are basically over and that and that's what we're really seeing. In Singapore obviously it's the same. We're seeing interest rates increase. But in Australia there was very strong increases in prices and you know, what goes up must eventually come down and across the board in Australia prices during the COVID period were up thirty percent plus, which is, you know, pretty substantial increases. And the peak of the market was around April last year, which was when the Reserve Bank of Australia started increasing interest rates. And interestingly, there was eight interest rate hikes and 300 basis points. And that's really what's put a dampener on the market. So if you've got a standard mortgage at the moment in Australia, you've gone from 3.23% in April last year to 6.24% now and a huge likelihood of more increases As we go through this year.
1: So Darian, what is going to be next then for 2023 in terms of trends for foreign property investment in Australia?
0: Yes, yeah, so look, I think there's a lot to be um, excited about if you're a foreign investor into Australia. Of course, the first thing is if there is widespread price declines, that obviously could lead to two opportunities. It's better to be buying in a market that is soft rather than when there's, you're competing against mm. a huge herd. I mean, that's, that's a huge thing. Also, with the Singapore dollar in particular for your audience, it's, it's worth noting, if you look over a 10-year period, the Singapore dollar actually is about the highest it's been in 10 years. So I think one Singapore dollar gets $1 and eight Australian dollars at the moment. You know, if you go back 10 years ago, it was just 77 cents. So, you know, the government's done a very good job in terms of, you know, keeping the, the currency high and the Australian, you know, if you're using Singapore dollars to buy into Australia at the moment, you obviously get that benefit. It's about 5% in the last 12 months and 15% over the last two years. So that's certainly significant. And a lot of that has to do, you know, clearly with the interest rates. So I think that's the first thing to, to take into consideration. The other thing is, foreign buyers are limited to just buying primary or first-hand properties. Right, and one of the things always doesn't matter what market you buy in is you don't want to be buying into a market when where there's a huge surplus of supply. And what we're seeing very clearly happening right now, because construction costs have gone up very significantly over the last two, three years, is that the amount of supply coming into the market, the peak of the apartment market in Australia in terms of construction finishes on the East Coast, so Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, was about 55,000 apartments per annum, and that dropped to under 20,000 in 2022. And this year is expected to increase slightly to 25,000, but then further decline. so You know, the long-term average of, say, 30,000, 40,000 on the East Coast is, you know, at least 50% or a third of what it's traditionally been. So, just Singapore buyer coming in and and examining the market, you know, low supply, buying in, obviously, the best locations, obviously, the the benefit of a very strong dollar. They're all great things to, to, obviously, be aware of.
2: Darian, the thing is, more recently, Australians were calling for the government to follow Canada's lead and introduce Mm -hmm. its own ban on Uh, foreigners buying property. Of course, uh, expert opinion said that would just be a band-aid solution. It was at a time when there was a housing crisis, the soaring prices of goods were also hitting the country. So tell us more about where this debate is at right now and what we can expect moving forward
0: look, I mean obviously that's a very big announcement in Canada where they're going to stop foreign investment of you know for the next two years. it's a, it's a very big, big step. In Australia, look, less than five percent of the market, is really you know, foreign buyers. In fact, in most major capital cities, it's less than 1%. And the thing is that of that 1%, all of that investment, unless you have Australian residency, goes into apartments off the plan. And the biggest issue and a problem for the Australian government right now is really having enough real estate for people to live in. So during COVID, a lot of people sold off their investment properties and put that money into the houses that they were living in. And I think most of that was because People were very nervous about where property prices were going to go, and of course, if you held on to your investment properties, they performed very well. And then, secondly, what's happened because there is a big supply crunch happening right now, which obviously I've just talked about. You know, prices have been, you know, underpinned by that lack of new supply into the market. So I think that's a really important thing everyone needs to sort of be aware of. So, so just in terms of. The government looking at foreign investment, look, it, it, it's a very small, it has, it has very little if any impact in terms of, um, you know, property price movements, foreign investment, Canada obviously, there was huge increases, especially Vancouver. And so, and the second thing is the Australian government benefits greatly in terms of the stamp duty benefits. There is, unfortunately, an additional stamp duty which foreign buyers pay, which is about 7 or 8% depending on which state you buy in. So on the revenue fund, it also helps the government.
1: All right. Well, it helps the government, but, you know, they also have to look after uh, the needs of locals who are wanting to buy houses. Talking about Vancouver here. But anyway, thank you very much for sharing your insights, Darren. Darren Branshaw is the executive director of One Global Australia and One Global Private